Shelves, the premier Save a Library podcast. This is your host, Alex, and this episode I'm joined by our assistant director, Tim. Hello. Head of patron services, Morgan. Hello. And adult services librarian, Christina. Hello. Hello. Uh, today's episode, we are going to be talking about video games. That's right, another episode about video games. Too um, bad. But we have a reason this time. July 8th, which is coming right up. I think it's two days away if, I don't know, I can't keep my calendar straight anymore, um, is National Video Game Day. So there's an excuse to talk about video games this episode. So I brought in three of of our biggest gamers, I think, in the library, as far as I know. Sure. Long-time gamers to talk about some uh, gaming stuff. So later in the episode, we're going to be doing a review of Zelda, the new Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm very much looking forward to talking about. But before we get into that... Um, let's talk a little bit about how we got into video games. Um, I'll go first. I've been a gamer pretty much my whole life, and I was talking to Christina about this earlier. I can't quite put a, a date on when I started, um, and I can't quite figure out which console I had first. It was either a, the original Game Boy, the big gray brick, or a Super Nintendo, the larger gray brick. Um, I got them both around the same time. I want to say like 95, 96. So I was probably like seven-ish when I started. Was that the first version of the Game Boy? Yes. Okay. Yes. With like the green. Green. Yes, yeah, the screen. green screen. Um, the Game Boy, I know I got for a Christmas gift. Uh, it was a, probably the only gift I got that year because those things were expensive back in the day. Um and then the Super Nintendo was actually my babysitter's, who was my father's best friend's son. Now, whenever I would go over their house, we were very close family friends. Hi, Dave, if you're listening. Uh, whenever we'd go over their house, I would just run to Dave's son's room, Eric's, and start playing his Super Nintendo. Now, Eric was a very popular kid. He was a football player. He was too cool for video games. This is like back in the day when video games were for nerds. So... I don't know how this happened, but somehow that Super Nintendo ended up at my house, wow. and it forever stayed there after that point. Somehow. So I don't know if money... Seriously. Yeah, I don't know if money exchanged hands. I don't know if Eric just forgot about it or just didn't care anymore, but... It was a big deal back then, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be a big deal now, too, actually. Consoles sure. are not cheap. So I still have my Super Nintendo. It's not hooked up, but it's in my basement. That from it still works. back then? That from same back one? then, yep. Wow. Um, Eric, if you want it back, sorry. <laughs> You're not getting it back now. <laughs> so that's how I got started. Um, I can talk about the games I used to play, but I've been talking too much already. So who wants to go? I'll go. Yeah. Um, so I, like you, I'm not sure of which which system I had first, but I know I was kind of young when I first was introduced to it, and it was... A combination of a couple things. I had older cousins that um, my aunt would like babysit me and my sister. So we'd be there all the time and they would be playing. They were big gamers. So like I remember my one cousin playing Echo the Dolphin, which was like I loved it because I was like, I just want to be a dolphin. You know, like I'm at that age where I just want to be like an animal. That's or Sega whatever. Genesis, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was playing it on Sega Genesis. And then one of my uncles... I would, he had Sega Dreamcast and I would play Knights and Sonic on that. Uh, Those are like the two that stand out to me the most. And then an old neighbor in the house that we uh, used to live in had Super Nintendo and I played Donkey Kong Country on that. And that, those were like, I think 
that was like really like my introduction and so my other cousin um one played like echo the dolphin and like civilization and then the other one played and sim city and stuff like that and then the other one would play like final fantasy and like chrono cross and chrono trigger and stuff like that so great taste yeah it's a lot of good taste um and yeah, I think uh, so. I think my first system was either a Super Nintendo, a Game Boy, or PlayStation One, and I don't remember which one it was, but it was one of those. And I still have the PlayStation One. It's funny how I, I think Christina, you're gonna say the same thing. You don't remember either. It's funny because like yeah. I spent on an ungodly amount of hours in front of this thing, and I just but I don't remember when I got it. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember when I first started playing myself, but I remember as a small child watching my dad play Duck Hunt on NES. And also, um, as a very small child, I was obsessed with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, like, instead of having, like, a doll to carry around, I had, like, a plastic Ninja Turtle. (laughs) And I would, like, stick it in a stroller and stuff. So my dad also had this, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for NES that I remember him playing. Um, Is that that Turtles in Time, or is that a different game? I looked it up, and it looks like it was just called Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, it must have a name. No, it doesn't. Um, But I also remember um, having a PC when I was about the same age, maybe a little older, and playing like Barbie fashion designer on it. And you could like, you could print your own like Barbie clothes that you designed. And also Chex Quest, which was a game that came in a box of Chex. (laughs) That was like a Doom ripoff, but- With Chex? You you were like this giant warrior Chex. (laughs) And you had to zorch flemoids back to their home planet. That's a sentence. <laughs> what? Is that English? Yeah. Wow. It's available on Steam if oh, you want to play. Nice. You know what's also available on Steam that I played on the computer as a kid? Putt-Putt Saves the Day. It was like you were a car and you would go through like a zoo and like save the animals and things like that. Classic. <laughs> Highly recommend. Yeah, I, once again, I'm the oldest here, so mine goes a little further back into the 80s. And I can't say, again, same as everyone else, I really can't remember what we owned. I'm pretty sure. All right, so my neighbor, this is one of the situations where neighbor had the Atari and ColecoVision. And I kind of remember the ColecoVision more than anything else. I should have looked up some games for ColecoVision, though, because I can't exactly remember what we were playing but they were just the most old school of old school classic games and then i do remember another neighbor having a pc early days pc gaming and that was like i feel like wheel of fortune was one of those games on it wheel of fortune or jeopardy like something along those lines but like very primitive and then and like another neighbor would have just a huge collection of just all the different you know, uh, ColecoVision or Atari games, and we would kind of swap and stuff like that. And then in my household, almost positive, our first was the NES. Now, it probably wasn't mine, though. It was probably the original Nintendo. Pretty sure, because I never had a handheld, like I never had the Game Boy or any other of those, but it was NES. Never had Sega. This was like a strictly Nintendo household. (laughs) 
because that was the thing back then of like, are you Nintendo or are you Sega? And now it's, I guess, Xbox or PlayStation, which even that's kind of, unless you're like a hardcore gamer, that's kind of a bygone thing. But um, but yeah, so we had the NES, definitely had Duck Hunt. I had like this great, oh my God, I don't know how many hours I played this one. It was track and field, and you had the pad that was like three foot by four foot big, and it had like the big buttons on it. And you would play like the track and field games, and you know you would like you can't run regular. You gotta like just use your heels to like go really fast. And um, yeah, I love that. And then we definitely had the SNES after that, and all the different games. Um, but the NES, that was the original. That's what I kind of vaguely remember somewhere in my distant memory. Oh man, good old days. That was like so far back. I'm so I don't mean like this is something we all played, but like. You were saying how, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, that was just the game. Like, that was the title. It was such an early era in gaming where, like, you could have a game that was just, like, adventure. Like, right? that was the yeah. title. <laughs> you know? It yeah. was just so broad. So, a couple of quick gaming facts before we move on. So, the gaming industry has evolved quite a bit from when we started. So, now, I just looked up this information. It's now a $347 billion industry worldwide. Uh, the U.S. is the second biggest market after China. And of that $347 billion, do you want to guess how much of that is mobile gaming? Oh, probably a large chunk of it. It is a large chunk. Probably Two, like three quarters of it. Yeah, just about $248 billion of that is mobile gaming. And that, what, how, the, whatever the billions are uh, of the total gaming is more revenue than... I think movies and music combined. Oh yeah, which is also well, like the crazy. biggest Marvel movie was like two billion, mm-hmm. and Tears of the Kingdom that we're going to talk about later, I think, has at least reached that point. Yeah, it's got to. I'll, I'll crunch the numbers later when somebody else is talking, but it's got to at least meet that. Um, so that's just to give you a, a scope of what it is. It's projected to reach five hundred and fifty billion by twenty twenty seven. So by the next time, the next consoles that come out, the PlayStation 6 and Xbox, whatever they're going to call it, $550 billion industry. Now, before you start saying, or, you know, if you've already tuned out at this point, I'm sorry that we've <laughs> lost you, but um, I just have some another quick fact here. So 76% of the U.S. population plays video games of some kind. So this is not just for nerds talking about video games right now. This is most of the population plays some kind of video game. And I think the mobile part of that is a big Yeah, I thing think that's huge. People don't. Like, 57% play on mobile. Yeah. Wow. So if you play Wordle, that is technically a video game. You or Candy gamer, Crush. Or Candy Crush. That's actually the most popular, still the most popular game, period. Candy Crush. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone here play? I, I actually, like, I'm, I love playing video games. I try to avoid playing mobile games. A very specific mobile games that I like to play sometimes. Like what? Like, uh, I still will do a temple run. Oh, temple run. I will That's still do classic. temple run, yeah. yeah. And and then I have a stack game where I just stack stuff. Um, and there's a few, like, indie games that I'll play. Like, I think there's one, Old Man in the Sea, which is like a, it's like a chill, like, RPG kind of thing. And... Shoot, there's a few others I have to look at my phone. You don't play any? No. Oh, well, the Kingdom Hearts one. The Kingdom but Hearts one. But it's not supported there's anymore. There's a Final Fantasy oh. one, Final Fantasy yeah. VII Ever Crisis. Yeah. 
Which the closed beta starts yeah. soon. So the the big video game publishers do like to Square Enix being one of the biggest ones. They and even actually Nintendo, they like to have like kind of spin-off uh, IPs that they'll they'll you know there was a Mario Kart one, mm -hmm. there was there was a regular Mario Mario Speed like was Mad Runner or something like that. So they're starting to Nintendo's starting to dip into that. Um, well, Pokemon of course. Pokemon's oh, Pokemon. a huge yeah like the AR yeah, augmented Go. reality games Pokemon Go Jump Magikarp Jump um, Harry Potter they tried their threw their hat into it and that was a spectacular failure. Oh yeah, okay so I have a few. Timberman, it's you're a lumberjack chopping wood. Um, dots, Battle Cats, Burly Men at Sea, which was the old man in the sea when I got them confused. One literally called adventure, but you're like you're like adventure. a person like on a snowboard, and you're just kind of like you have to avoid obstacles, but it's very like I don't know atmospheric. Like it's a really cool game, and ooh, I don't know. I forget what this is. Oh, and Bejeweled. I do have Bejeweled. Bejeweled. That's gotta be up That's there, a classic. Yeah. yeah, and Plants vs. Zombies. Yep. Another classic. Yeah, I got... Yeah, it's mostly like the, the classics. Um, Pokemon Go. Oh, I do have Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch, because I was a big Roller Coaster Tycoon uh, fan. But it's still not the same as the original, like, no. classic. Mm. No. The, yeah. And even there's like um, a big summer release this year was Diablo, Diablo 4. Um, and they had their own Diablo Eternal. That's another mobile game. It's always like a pale imitation, but they still make billions of dollars off of these games. Yeah. Yeah. The only, I feel like the difference though for me with a mobile game is that like all the ones were like a one shot cost if I purchased it or. Like, I still have not fallen into that the game is free and then you have to purchase to get, like, skins or different things. Like, I still have not... transactions. Yeah, like, that hasn't really been my thing. And I, I so, think that's where a lot of this money that they make really comes from. Is yeah, from yeah. whales, they call them. Most of these games make their money from a small pool of people who are willing to spend a lot of real-world money to upgrade whatever, whether it's their character or their city or whatever the game actually is, spending real-world money in the app itself. But, it, yeah, I was actually just talking about that with Christina before we started recording, because all we talk about is video games. Um, how I kind of feel that way, same way, too. Like, mobile, I try to keep games off of my phone. Like, I try to keep my phone as my phone and my games as my games. That being said, the, the mobile games that I have played on my phone are... And on Android, at least, they call them premium games, games that you pay for up front and you get the whole game. They're not free games and you pay with money later. Um, so it's mostly, like, nostalgia games. Like, I'll buy, like, a Final Fantasy to play. Like, you know, just if I want to, you know, a little touch of nostalgia. But there's one game that I wanted to highlight, mobile game. It's called Downwell. Have you heard of it? No. It's, uh, it's a vertical platformer. So you, you play with your phone, like, vertical, in vertical mode, but... Instead of going left to right, you go down, and you're going down a well, and it's like you're firing a gun down as you're like, <laughs> it's sort of like a Metroid game, but you're just constantly falling and like trying to, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. It's really cool, like one bit art style too. It's black and white, like very pixelated. It looks cool. I think it was like a dollar, maybe two dollars. Now that's not like that old game Descent. Do you, do you ever no. recollect, do you know that game? 
That's an old no. PC game, Descent. This is again. This is going back to like late '80s, early '90s. That was a classic. Uh, similar. It's like a you're in. A, it's a more of a 3D shooter, uh, like space based. But you're just like. Kind of like you're going down, down a tube, sort of. I think of. so. And, yeah, this yeah. one's like 2D. Like it looks like an old school oh, Metroid yeah. game. Uh, so that's really it for mobile gaming for me. Um, one other, just last fact before we move on. Um, so I talked about how many people in the U.S. play games, but I wanted to give you a little idea of how it breaks down age-wise. So gaming is not for kids anymore. Only, less than a quarter of gamers in the United States are under 18, 24%. Uh, most are in our age bracket or a little bit older. So 18 to 34 is 36% of gamers. 25% is 35 to 54. And 15% are over 55. So... You know, almost 60% are in that 18 to mid-50s range. That's crazy. So, yeah, and it, I I don't have a stat to back this up, but it feels like it's trending older. Oh, right? yeah. Because once mean, you're a gamer, it, you don't really stop being a gamer. It no, just you might of, go away for a little bit, but you always, you always, you always come, come back. back. There's yeah. always a, a new game that will pull you back in. Absolutely. And then by gender, it's 54% males, 46% female. So it's almost a 50-50 split. Yeah. Yeah. So if whatever image you have in your mind of what a gamer is, probably wrong. And uh, one of the things that was kind of crazy for, again, this summer was the, the, Mario game, the Mario movie coming out, and that raked in bil- uh, like almost a billion dollars. That's a great point. And that... Even though I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, my daughter loved it, and she's eight years old, and she has, like, she's played Mario Kart, but it was, and she's seen us play enough Mario. She hasn't really played. She played a a passing amount, but, like, she was all in for that movie. Didn't matter. Just to see Princess Peach, like, kicking butt, that was enough for her. Yeah. I totally forgot about that movie. Um, I'm almost 30 years older than your daughter, and I loved it, too, so... I thought they did as good a job as they possibly could have done with what they were working with. Yeah. Like, how do you turn a plumber that jumps on turtles' heads into a full blockbuster movie? And I thought they did a yeah, pretty good job. definitely. And they had enough little Easter eggs for people like me who've been playing it for 30 years. Tons of Easter eggs. Tons, yeah. yeah. It was good. And Are definitely, you saying that they hadn't already turned it into a blockbuster movie? Whew. Oh, well. That's a whole other, <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> So Christine is alluding to the previous attempt at making a Mario movie, which you cannot find anywhere. I tried that's ordering hard, a copy yeah. for the library; it's non-existent. You can't get it anywhere. So that's from nineteen eighty something, uh, maybe early nineties. Oh, right. Yeah, it's early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety-two, ninety-three. Uh, Nintendo has virtually eradicated its memory from the internet. Poor Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's take a quick break, and when we come back, um, I want to talk about some recommendations we have of of games for people who are non-gamers or people who are interested in becoming a gamer. All right, we're back. So somebody might be listening right now, and they say, like, oh, this sounds interesting. Gaming sounds interesting. I've always kind of had a passing curiosity, but it's hard to, like, get into gaming it just seems insurmountable you know the controller has so many buttons i don't have i don't know what to get i don't know where to start so let's just do you want to like go around and kind of give a recommendation i don't mind starting i have a few actually uh i've kind of broken it down by by age so 
so if you're like a preteen, if you're young, you probably already know what you're interested in. But if you really don't know where to start, I think any Nintendo developed game is a great way to start. They're very like easy, very the buttons are very simple. They're a great way to just work on like your dexterity with your fingers to work on the gaming. Uh, the Lego games also I think are a great way to start. Very same concept, very slow paced, easy to get into, easy, uh, very easy button scheme. If you're a little bit older, like a teen, again, you probably just want to be playing what your friends are playing. So that's a good way to learn. Like your friends, you know, they might rag on you if you're bad, but like you're hanging out with your friends. So that's a good way to learn. They'll throw, give you tips. That's how I learned back in the day, you know. You play a fighting game against your friends. They beat you a couple of times, but like that's how you learn, and you're playing, hanging out with your friends. Or you never win. You play GoldenEye against your mother, and she <laughs> wipes the floor with you every single time. <laughs> I would always play the fighting games with my friends, and uh, I was lucky if I won. And that still is true to this day, fighting games. Never been good at them. But they were fun, like Mortal Kombat or... Street Fighter is a hard one to really, I wouldn't recommend getting, you know, unless you really, some fighting games, you need to learn, it's like learning another language. Yeah. Um, but the mash, what is it, the mash, the button mashing button. fighting beat-em-ups, beat those are always good. Yeah, Smash Bros. is a great, it's not technically a button smasher, but you can just smash the controller and get by. You absolutely can. Yeah. Yes, you can, 100%. <laughs> so, I have a few more recommendations for adults, but does anyone want to talk about, like, kids teens preteen kind of recommendations before i mean uh just for my daughter loves animal crossing and she started a year ago which i thought of that yeah that's yeah a great animal crossing is a really good introductory game she i mean she was playing it without even being able to read now she can read so like it's it's even it's even better she doesn't pick it up as much anymore but she loved that game so i definitely that's new horizons for switch that's a great one. My great niece is actually one. playing that too. And she like she'll like talk to me about it. She'll be like, Yeah, Morgan and blah blah blah. And I so that was another mobile game that I was playing when oh, the yeah. mobile came out. Right. Yeah. Uh what was that one? New Leaf? The mobile one? Something like that. And then I did pick up the New Horizons uh for Switch and I was playing I was playing that for a while. Uh I would say also for young kids and for really anyone, just dance. And that's on every single console love that game <laughs> i've been thinking about checking that out and bringing it home because my son is loves dancing yeah. like we have spontaneous dance parties in our kitchen like seemingly every morning now we'll have a just a disco <laughs> dance party until like i'm like okay i'm gonna be late for work we need to move this along so i was thinking that might be a good intro to gaming for him uh that's a great recommendation yeah, yeah. and again it's on they come out with a new one every year yeah new songs it is. You do have to watch the microtransactions in that with, you know, purchasing extra songs. Yeah. yeah. There's like a subscription service, too, yes. to go along with it. Yeah. But the newer versions, I don't know about the older ones, but I recently had taken out like one of the newest ones from the library and because um, I just wanted to mess with it. And you can use your phone as a controller. So you just download the app. It talks to the system, like whatever gaming system you're playing on. And then you can... Uh, then you Go just, for it. You're like holding your phone while you're dancing, right? And just picking it up. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it, it works. The reviews on the app are like, meh. But, you know, it's it still worked. It worked fine. It worked for my purposes. And like me and my husband were playing and having a great time. Yeah, because if you have the Switch version, you're holding the two controllers because it'll follow you. I don't know if it does yeah. that for the other consoles. Maybe that's why they did PlayStation the PlayStation was the app, but... 
I feel like that's a that's a really good. Yeah. I was also thinking like any like party games. Like when I was younger, I feel like we would play Super Smash. Um, even when I was at daycare after school, like all of the kids like that were into that, we'd all be like surrounding the screen. And I feel like some things don't change. And that's one of the things. If there's a tournament going on, like everyone's vying for the controller, like uh, it's like a whole thing. Mario and Party 2. Yeah. Mario Party. Play that Classic. all the time. Yeah. Um, I also like uh, the Mario Kart 2 because that's a good that's a good one. Uh, Crash Team Racing, which is like an oldie but goodie. I used to play that with my cousins. We'd all be like screaming at each other and hitting each other. And then also Crash Bash, which was an another oldie like PlayStation game. I think it was PlayStation. It was PlayStation One, but I remember playing it on PlayStation Two because we had the little like plug-in that would come out, and then you could plug in four controllers into it. Yeah. And we would play that, and I, like I feel like we'd spend like hours playing that game and like racing games too. Guitar Hero. That's sadly something that just doesn't exist really anymore, right? I mean, there's no Guitar Hero, Rock Band. Those are those are gone. Top gaming moments of my life were just jamming out with my friends, Rock Band. The last one that I think I played was the Beatles one. Yep, me too. And then I don't know what happened. (laughs) It was just people don't buy peripherals, I guess, anymore for the for. You know, it's it pretty much it's like a what it's an investment in one game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got the my money's worth out of it because they had a bunch of games. It was it was a. It they were yeah. For years. They did keep putting out new yeah. games. That's true. Yeah, uh, sad to see it go though, and I think that's definitely something missing now. The you know Switch really the Nintendo Switch really has kind of they they dip into that every now and then with some games like um, the sports game that came out or is it switch I think it's Sport? sports yeah. one two switch is another game that came out party that's game. kind of a party game so yeah switch sports was good though that's another good introductory you know just waving absolutely the, sticks around. the wii sports that that sold oh, yeah. the console when it yeah. came out you know but Wii bowling everyone's heard of it yeah. people were buying consoles just to go bowling in their house <laughs> and i think libraries um relied on it for programming for like five to ten years almost i mean i there was a i still saw some Wii bowling programs just like four or five years ago which is nuts because the Wii came out uh, (laughs) i don't know what year 2007 six something like that yeah but it's fun it is still fun yeah it's just something that you don't need to be like like an intense gamer to be able to play and play successfully I also want to mention um, Jackbox party games. Oh, those are, those are really fun. Um, that's something. There's a jack. You can just get the Jackbox. There's multiple iterations of it. You know, maybe twenty, twenty-five dollars, and you play with your phone. You can just have. You buy it. It's on pretty much every console, and you download the app, and then you're basically playing the party games, and everyone can just use their phone to play. Yeah, it becomes the controller, basically, how you right. can kind of, like, select your answer. And it's, it's, a, mix, game. it's a mix yeah. of trivia. Um, what else? What like, illustration kind of, kind of games. Illustration games. It's, it's like, old. variations on, like, popular party games, like, physical party games that you played, um, like Pictionary and things like that, mm-hmm. but just in a digital form and with, like, a sillier tone. Hilarious. Very, very funny. Really, really funny. So that's probably, like, tween and up. I wouldn't say little kids should probably play that but 
it would devolve into chaos very quickly. But it is a that's a great party game. Yeah. So I have a few recommendations for adults. Um, so if you like board games or strategy games, I think um, Civilization. I think you've already mentioned that game, mm-hmm. or another game that's in the same vein as Civilization that I actually like a little bit more than Civilization. It's a somewhat newer game called Humankind. Uh, they're both the same concept. It's a, a turn-based game where you control a, basically a civilization all the way from the Stone Age through past modern times into the future. Um, and the reason I recommend it is it's turn-based, so there's no time pressure. There's no controls you need to learn. It's literally just clicking your mouse. Um, so it's very slow-paced. They're beautiful games. And it's it's just the whole game is just you making decisions. So it's... You know, this turn, do I want to attack Poland? Or do I want to invest in this new farm? Or, you know, it's just... Leave Poland alone. Oh, right. sorry. Definitely <laughs> a choice. <laughs> uh, so it's just a series of decisions, and then you get to see how your decisions play out over the course of hundreds of years or thousands of years in some cases. So it's a very fun game, and it's very low stress, especially if you play it on, like, a lower difficulty. You'll virtually guaranteed to win if you play it on anything like even on normal it can be pretty easy um but i don't know i really like those kind of games i'll, I'll pick one up every couple of years um if you are um an adult who's kind of strapped on time which i'm sure we all are uh racing games morgan you mentioned racing games earlier those are great you know you can do one or two races they only take a few minutes um i'd say uh, horizon was it is it just called horizon the Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon yeah. is a really good, like, basic racing game. You don't need to get into the crazy details of souping up your car, and it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. That is only on Xbox, though. So. Yeah. I was going to recommend one called Wreckfest. Have you heard of that? No. It's sort of like a demolition derby slash racing game. Um, it's made by the people who did Flat Out, I think, from years ago. Um, it's a... Very, very simple racing game, you know, three laps around this dirt track, but it's hilarious because the physics into the game, like, your car can get completely demolished and somehow you'll just scrape your way across the finish line. Um, like, I've finished races where, like, I didn't have back tires I, like, <laughs> and my car was on fire. It's just hilarious. What is that called? Wreckfest. Wreckfest? That sounds um, fun. That's a fun one. Sports games, again, pick up, play a game, put it away. I don't play many sports games except for golf. Mm. I will get the itch to play a golf game every couple of years, and man, they are just that lizard brain itch. They do something for <laughs> Yeah, I, with sports games, it's it sometimes can be tricky for new people to get in on sports games, but I, I would always recommend Nintendo sports games because it's usually in the Mario. It's some Mario sports game, and they're usually fun enough, or you know, you can get some that are really fun they're varying degrees of how good those games are but they're silly kids like them i like them and they're usually just uh fun just fun stupid fun that that really is not complicated yeah they just had i think a golf game semi recently uh, they have Mario a ten- golf, to- toadstool tour or something. that's yeah, a tennis one um they they relaunched their soccer one which was kind of had mixed reviews it was okay but they were, there's always going to be some Nintendo Mario sports game that is fun in some yeah. way but if you're an adult and like you like NFL and all of your friends are playing 
the new Madden game and you want to be a part of it, uh, then modern sports games do have like simple versions of the controls that you can play. I don't play any. The last one I played was the NHL games. I, I like hockey. And they have, like, you can play the game with the 1994 version oh, with controls, awesome. which is just the joystick and two buttons, pass and shoot, <laughs> and hit, which is, like, this easiest control scheme ever. I didn't know they did buttons. that. That's that's great. That's how I play. Like, my friends, like, that's all they play. Yeah. So they're doing all juking moves and everything, and I'm just like, nope, I'm going full speed into you, and I'm going to check you and level <laughs> you, and then I'm going to do my shoot button to score. Like, it's couldn't be easier. So sports games, another recommendation. Puzzle games, another one if you're short on time. couple of puzzles, bing, bang, boom. Um, and then if you like storytelling, like maybe you like movies or something, you're not really into, you know, Mario or, you know, the, the gamey games. Uh, there are a lot of games out there that emphasize storytelling. So the two that I have are Firewatch and What Remains of Edith Finch. Have any, has anyone played those? Either of those games? Where of them didn't never play them. Though. Yeah, I've heard of them, but I haven't played them. They're they're great game. They're basically like interactive fiction where you're you're just walking around a 3D environment, talking to people. Uh, sometimes they have like very light puzzles you need to solve, but it's mostly just like figuring out where you need to go next. Uh, great games, fantastic stories. Definitely recommend them. There's both. a name for that genre too. Um, Walking sim. It's either a walking sim or um, it's something with novelization. I can't can't recall, but that is a very popular genre of games. Of just uh, you're really just clicking through, and you're there for the story, and that's that's becoming really huge. And that that definitely is a good intro to video games or just video game light. Yeah. You're there for the for an actual like novel type of story and now you can play like some of the bigger rpg games have like a story mode right where it's yeah you don't i only play story mode but i was going to say also like the telltale games which are just like decision based usually based on like popular ip so i know Mm -hmm. there's a game of thrones one but they have i think originals and you're just like making choices and seeing how things play out tough choices too it's not walking dead was a big one that they yeah series that they did for a while what's the horror one where no uh i know that's one of them but there's another one heavy rain Rain, that was a big one Mm -hmm. um and you could like actually interact with the environment that was one of the first times where like you needed to interact with the environment in order to Depending on how you did it and what you found would determine how the game, the course of the game for you. If you're a horror fan, um, I would definitely recommend checking out Heavy Rain or The Quarry. They're made by the same developer, and you're basically just playing the cast of a slasher film. And mm-hmm. there's very little like game play. You're basically watching a slasher film, and you're making the decisions for these characters. Trying to keep oh. people alive. Until dawn. Yeah, that's, that's the same. That's yeah, the one that's, that I was thinking of. Uh, Quarry, they, they, that was like the next game that, that those developers made. Oh, okay. Yeah, being, and you don't even have to play the game. You can have someone else, like, hold the controller and make the decisions. Cause right. So it's a, kind of scary. And then I just, I, my husband would just be like, kind of driving the bus and I'd be like, oh god no definitely don't do that <laughs> and then he'd make a decision he'd make like the opposite decision that i wanted to make and then you'd see like the butterfly effect like and i'm like oh no we're gonna die like <laughs> the new one the quarry actually has a party mode you can play where it literally just plays the slasher movie 
And then when it gets to a point where you can make a choice on what to do next, it will like put it to a vote, and the party, everyone who's watching, oh, can make fun. a vote. Like, really don't cool. go in that shed, and then like, <laughs> no, go in the shed, and like whoever, whatever decision has the most votes, that's how the movie will play out. That's so. cool. Twitch plays. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would just also say a, a game series that I haven't played but have always wanted to, uh, Monkey Island is a point-and-click adventure game that is story-driven and pretty pretty simple gameplay that's uh, very much a classic from, like, in the video game world. So I never played it, but I've always wanted to. And I just wanted to add one more game that is one of my favorite games from a few years back, Untitled Goose Game, where you're basically a goose with a mission to rampage a town, and you have a checklist of all the different things that you have to do, and you're just a troublemaker. Yeah, you're a you real jerk mischief. of a goose. Yeah. Um, but it's hilarious. I mean, there really is just basically the buttons are like honk and drag things around, and that's and maybe flap your wings. And it's just so hilarious. Again, that's another game that my, my daughter loved, I love, so that's that's a great basic game. That's uh, I'm still I'm waiting for them to come out with another game that because game. that is just such a solid game. Yeah, very funny. That's like a game made for memes, almost. Yeah. Like, it's meant to be shared on, like, Twitter or something. Mm -hmm. Beautiful game, like, very simple design, but, like, beautiful music. Just great all-around game. Ah, that makes me think of Octodad, where you're an octopus impersonating a human. (laughs) And, like, your family, like, can't find out. And I don't know how they don't know, but, yeah. And then your arms are just, like, the controls are all whacked out, so... Yeah, you need, like, two different controls to control, like, one arm movement, and you just, like, smack stuff off the shelves, and people are, like, like people are staring at you. People are suspicious. Your wife might think you're an octopus. <laughs> Those are great recommendations. Any, any more? I have, oh, oh I sorry. Have you go. Um, I only had one on my list, which was, well, technically two, Portal and Portal 2, wow. um, which are, I guess, puzzle games, um, but they are, it's basically just walk and shoot portals and the game walks you through um how to do that so you start with one color portal and you can like get places that way and eventually you unlock a second color um and then you'll have to solve puzzles but each puzzle sort of builds on the one before so it's always sort of training you to think with portals um and the first one is okay it's a classic but the second one is amazing mm-hmm. um and they're very short i think you can probably play portal 2 in about six hours um but that last hour because <laughs> it tricks you at the end where you think the game's done and it's like nope it's not and that's where i gave up but i would agree <laughs> that that game is that game was amazing that's a it's like you said it's it's one of those games where it expands how you think about puzzles, which those are always fun and crazy, crazy games to play. And it always feels good to like yeah. solve one of the oh, puzzles. I did it. <laughs> like, I'm a genius. Yeah, they give you cake if you get it right. Mm. Um, I will. The second one is a masterpiece. The first one is still great. Um, and I would actually recommend the first one's maybe like two hours long. Like it's very, very short. And I would recommend starting with the first one. Um, and the reason this is a great recommendation, I'm glad you brought this up, is it's an ex- you can play it at your own pace. 
So if you have never played a game that's in a 3D environment and you don't know how to use a controller or if you're using a mouse and keyboard, you don't know how to like look around and move at the same time, like the game, you can completely go at your own pace. So you can spend all the time you need learning how to walk over to the Switch or learning how to look around and shoot your portal gun. So good recommendations. All right, so let's go to another break. And when we come back, um, we're going to do a review of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom this year's biggest game. Okay, we are back. So, it's not very often that a new Legend of Zelda video game comes out, and in 2023, we got the sequel, I guess you can call it the sequel, to maybe one of the biggest or best reviewed games of all time, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, This one is called Tears of the Kingdom. It is probably going to be game of the year, whether you agree with that or not it's probably the biggest game of the year i can't think of much else that competes with it um it sold well over 30 million copies which puts it on pace to be the best-selling nintendo game of all time which says a lot 30 million times oh i said i was going to do the math 70 dollar game 30 million times that's how you get to be like the biggest industry (laughs) when you have numbers like that it's insane i'm doing the math yeah so Oh, I don't know if that's right. 2.1 billion? <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> For one game. For one game. And you think about how many games are in the market now. It's like right. very saturated. And that's yeah. just, just physical more. copies sold. That does not include digital, digital only copies. So it could be double that. Yeah. Or close to it. And you could be like my household where we own two copies of the game and own an, ad- an additional Switch. Just to play the game so that me and my husband don't have to fight over who's going to play. <laughs> there are actually more copies of Tears of the Kingdom sold than there are Switches. That doesn't make sense It doesn't either. make any sense at all. Uh, so, yeah. Figure that out. Uh, so, does anyone want to talk about, like, general impressions first? Um, Breath of the Wild, the previous game, was one of my is one of my favorite games. So this game, I had very high expectations for it. I think everybody did. And I think it met a lot of them. I would call this an iterative sequel, not doesn't reinvent the playbook, in my opinion. But I feel like it expands on it in the best ways. Right. Like all of the things, even the things that you didn't think you'd want to do, you can do in this game. Yeah, The it. so for people who aren't aware, it basically took the map of the first game and then just expanded it in every which way like literally up down side to side and added a whole bunch more stuff it's just a big game like the scale is almost incomprehensible um they have now sky islands they call them which is a whole nother map in the sky that you can access and then they have the depths which is a whole nother map underground so it's it's not three times the size of the breath of the wild but it's much bigger yeah um, yeah, and it's it's just a what they did with Breath of the Wild. It's that game was such a beautiful game to play, and you could just get lost in it. It's it's that formula again, but they definitely have taken. Uh, there's more. That was like a almost like the world that you were in was kind of post apocalyptic. Now you're coming back to that same world, and it's filled in more there's more people around there's just more there's more towns it's like what happens after you beat the game is the town the the world kind of starts to rebuild itself and then of course you know 
again and comes back, which is just a recurring thing with the Zelda. It's always the same. There's some things with with Nintendo games uh, that you will always have. So Mario has like its shared things that always come up, and Zelda has the same. And you're always going to be Link. You always will have Ganon coming back in some form, and that's definitely that's why that's like it's an iterative thing. It's all it's also it looks pretty much the same. They're really the art style hasn't changed, but yeah, there's just more to it. Which for me, I think I'm gonna like this. I'm. I should have checked my how many hours I've sunken into it so far, but let's say about forty. Um, Has anyone finished it? I have not yeah. even close. All right, I did finish it, um, but I. So this is the type of game because it's so big, you can get lost doing any which whatever thing you want to do. If you're into farming or building houses, you could literally do that for fifty hours. If you're into taming horses, you could just go off and do only that for a dozen hours. Um, there's just so much to do. I uh, I just kind of beelined it through the story to beat the game. I, I I didn't. This game did not really sink its teeth into me I, for whatever reason. It kind of felt. It didn't feel like a new experience. It felt like I was kind of visiting an old friend in a way. It felt too similar to Breath of the Wild for me, and I kind of got. It was just too familiar, and I kind of felt like, okay, I get this. Let me just kind of go through the motions. And I, I kind of, I think I finished it around 50 hours. I didn't wow. check. Wow. But um, when I got to, like, that 40-hour mark, I'm like, okay, I've seen everything I want to see. Now I'm ready for this to be over. And I literally just beelined it to where I knew the game was going to end and just beat it. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious, like, what... What have you been spending your time doing? Because I'm sure we're all around the same playtime. Um, I like doing the shrines. Those are my favorite parts. All the little Do you puzzles. Want to explain what those are? They're like little puzzles within the game that you have to use all of the different mechanics for. Um, and they're always like, they walk you through how to solve them kind of. So they're always like a little puzzle that you solve. And then you have to use the same idea to solve a much bigger and confusing puzzle. <laughs> um, so I like doing that. There's lots of side quests to do fun things. Like I've been recently doing one where you have to, there's an NPC who's really interested in like the mega fossils that are around oh, yeah. and you have to put the fossils back together again because they're always missing pieces. So you have to find the missing pieces and like fit them back into the right spots. So I spent probably like four hours doing that <laughs> last night alone. I think one of the things that's so cool about this game is just the, you just walk and you'll find something to do. And then you get distracted and then you're doing that thing for an hour or two. And then you're like, oh, what was I doing again? And then you go back and that's that just over and over and over again, which can be frustrating if you just want to play the story but I think part of playing the game is just being lost in the world and yeah. playing it. You're just like ambling along down a path and then there's a ditch and there's a guy in it and he's like, you got to get my balloon out of this ditch. It <laughs> fell apart and then I did it. It took an hour, but I did it. Because <laughs> if you overshoot it or it just keeps going up, then it doesn't, you know, it gets reset again. And uh, what else was I trying to do? I was trying to eradicate one area of pirates that had like infiltrated it and I wasn't I'm not good at fighting in this game so I'm Me kind either. of just like a run and hit as much as I can like there's no strategy it's with hard. me it's a hard game with yeah and the pirate 
like part is really tough and you're just doing it alone or I was trying to do it solo which is not probably not the best way to do it I probably should complete more of the game so maybe I could have more assistance um but then I just ran away from everybody and I was like well I'm kind of curious to know what's like at the end of the little swirl um that was in the previous game because usually there's a chest or something and then I could make a raft and then I just sailed on the raft to an island and then I'm on the island and there's a guy there and he's like why are you here? This place is overrun by pirates. I was like, you're the only person I see here. And then I just jumped down into a chasm. So <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Besides that, I spend most of my time like cooking and gathering ingredients. So well, I think that's one thing you mentioned there was like building. And that that is a huge part of this game that wasn't in the previous game of just building different vehicles that you couldn't really do before. And the level to which you can build them starts from like, a skateboard almost type of vehicle to like a flying death machine that can just kill all the enemies that you needed to kill. And that is, if you ever go on Twitter and see what people are building, it is insane the level of creativity that you can have in this game. Yeah, and the Karak torture devices. I've seen... <laughs> I shouldn't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sad. It is sad. <laughs> but some of the stuff is insane anyway. That is the biggest change between the previous game and this game is it's called the fuse mechanic. It's your new ability that allows you to stick two objects together and then keep sticking objects together to build these whatever you want, really. Um, so yeah, if you've been on Twitter or whatever you're on, you've probably seen, if you've come across it, just monstrosities that people have built. Like I've seen whole robots or flying machines, all kinds of things. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I'm, I really did, that did click with me quite a bit. What's everyone's like best thing or favorite thing they've built? I'll, I'll go first. So in the, <laughs> uh, in the tavern, in the taverns, in the depths underground, there's like lava flows and things. Um, I built a kind of like a crawling tank that would go over the lava by, and it would do it by, I had like water jets on the front of the tank that would shoot water out and it would turn the lava into stone oh, so yeah, I could yeah. keep going over the lava that was fun and i stuck a bunch of lights all over it too because the depths are like pitch black so you can't see where you're going which uh it's gonna be a little scary yeah i don't know i just run through the darkness i don't know and like my husband's like this actually scares me and i'm like you play horror games you just throw seeds yeah just throw seeds well i've gone down there can you just throw them? Cause yeah, you can just, yeah, you just throw them. They oh, don't go very real? far, but you can just throw oh, them. Oh, I thought you could. You had to attach them to an arrow. So, nope. like, every time I go down there, I'm like, oh, man, I got no more arrows. I only got, like, two. And That's then why I'm for like, this well, I'm just going to run through the darkness. Guides for this game are, are huge and can be very helpful to... Because there's so many little things that you would never realize you could do with this game. Yeah. Oh, um, I did find light-up pants. Those, those, are, those are great. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I saw, again, I saw it online and I tried to recreate it, failed spectacularly, but it's basically a hoverboard with two fans and a guide stick. And you can do use that in the depths. Um, the first one and only one that I made went up and then flew off a cliff and I fell and just died. So that's part of the fun of this game is just dying in spectacular, funny ways. The save system is very forgiving in this game, which I appreciated immensely because I can't tell you how many times that would happen to me. Like I'd make something that I think was going to like 
let me levitate over a lava flow, but it would launch me into space and I'd die. <laughs> <laughs> or just blow up. Yeah, blowing and, up. But the save system would just be like, Broop, here you are, right back yeah. to where before you did something stupid. Yep. Like, Thank you, game. Does <laughs> <laughs> so anyone else build anything fun? Any memorable creations? Um, I built a car that I was driving around for a while until I crashed it into that hole where the guy needed help with his... Uh, Hot air balloon or whatever it was. I can't, oh, no, he needed to. It was a to, cart that he got It was a cart, yeah, and you had to attach the balloon. To, yeah. Um, yeah, I drove my car into the ditch, and uh, it did not survive. Oh, and then I drove another. I built. I rebuilt it, and then I drove it into the water. So, <laughs> on accident, I was getting chased, and, you know, it was a thing. <laughs> it has no bearing on my IRL driving skills. <laughs> well, the great thing about this game is... There are so many like unique stories like that because it, the game is just a big open sandbox for you to play in. Like it allows you to create all these unique experiences for yourself. Um, so that's like the real strength of this game. I know I sound like I'm really being too critical of it, but, but it's only because like I I played this game so much and I love this series so much that I I'm picking out like I'm nitpicking a little bit, but that's only because I love it. Yeah, yeah and I feel like I do understand like the like when you go to when you go, like, I've only done one so far, but you're going to, like, the Rito Village, and then you are, you know, how you get to the first boss battle is a little bit more complicated, I feel like, and took a lot more time, but it's, like, very, it's very similar to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the games share a lot of similar beats. There's a lot of, um, I mean, just the mechanics themselves are totally practically the same except for you know some of the building elements and stuff like that it's a very similar game if you, and if you play it i played 150 something hours of that first game but that was also six or seven years ago now at this point so six years, yeah. it's been a while um i definitely could see you know this game people getting tired of it quickly more quickly than the first one just because of how similar it is to the last one but that story, the story element of the game, which is hard, it's like you could play, like I have played dozens of hours of the game and never come across the actual story part of the game. And that part is actually really good, though, that it's pretty solid from what I've come across so far. I'm enjoying, like, I pick up the story, I feel like, in really weird piecemeal ways, just because that's how I play the game. Like, I will literally probably like unlock like all the um what is it the phenomena they call it the, the regional phenomena the oh, glyphs yeah. i've been finding and that's i'm getting like you know pr- uh past past present storyline but the yeah the regional phenomena like i'll unlock all of that but then i'll never beat the boss so I, i'll be missing critical story information and so that that's one part of the game where like you yeah. can just unlock the story and totally out of order didn't you do that christina you were getting some stuff out was, of order yeah and well i didn't beat breath of the wild until last year i put it down for <laughs> two years and i was like i guess i'll i guess i'll beat this game at some point and then i was like oh i guess i probably should before tears of the kingdom comes out and i did but now i'm have been demolished by one boss in Tears of the Kingdom too many times where I'm just done. <laughs> and maybe I will go back. Yeah. Or maybe I will continue to build fossils forever. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I 
this my experiences with these types of games are very similar to yours where i did not I actually never beat Breath of the Wild. I just ended up watching the final cutscene because that's pretty much what I was up to at that point uh, before uh, Tears of the Kingdom came, came out. But yeah, I'm very much like, I'll get caught up in a boss battle in any other game too, like not just this one, and I'll die like 20 times and I'm like, forget it. And then years will pass and I'll be like, uh, I guess I should try and beat this game now. And then I'll get it on like the first or second try and I'm like, what the heck? Why I like games that have story modes because then I do not have to worry about stuff like that and it does bother me that this game does not have like that kind of mode where you could like I don't really want to fight the battles I'm I want to solve puzzles and do right. the shrines why can I get a piece of equipment that makes the rest of the game easier for me mm. like why does it have to be no cheat the codes. same challenge yeah yeah, for a game that's supposed to appeal to such a huge audience, I was surprised, one, by the difficulty, at least when the game starts. I feel like the game gets a lot easier the further you get into it as you start unlocking some friends. I don't know what they're called, the guardians or whatever they call them in this game. Sages. Sages. You get some buddies that will help you out. And um, you can upgrade your armor once you unlock the fairies and stuff. I still was playing this afternoon, though, and I am 40-something hours in, and just a regular... up. Uh, mini boss type of guy just kept destroying me and killing me in one shot the sages make a difference i have one and i have not unlocked the fairies so i have no armor upgrades let me tell you from experience you can finish the game without unlocking a single fairy or upgrading your equipment (laughs) or doing anything um and you were talking about the story earlier i so i finished the game obviously i could not tell you what the story is about because i skipped all the glyphs oh yeah and i just beelined it i I have no idea what the story is about. Like, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but something happens, and I'm like, you oh. You didn't even <laughs> engage with the tears of the kingdom. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a big oh, part of the it. The tears are like. That's story, more story elements. Where yeah, because I've been. Cutscenes. I've been, like, uh, going around to the towers now, trying to unlock all, like, all the towers, and then I'm like, ooh, there's a tear over there. And I'll just fly over that in that direction, and. Uh, and then I run around for like 20 minutes because I can't find the, the puddle that I'm looking for. Yeah, I got frustrated trying to find the, the tier puddle. And They're I'm like, I'll just in whatever. The, in the one that's filled in. Yes. But I, I couldn't I couldn't find that, though. I, a, I like, literally ran around one. You shoot yourself up into yeah. the sky and, and then you kind of look around. And, and you find the one that's filled in and it's always that one. Oh, see, I need to shoot myself into the sky with a rocket. <laughs> that did not occur that's to me. That's what you need to do. Yeah. And you can keep shooting yourself in the air with the towers, too. Just yes. as many times yes. as you'd like. Yeah, I should have thought that through more. I just run around on the ground for like a half hour, and then I'm like, all right, I need to take a break. <laughs> I can't find this puddle. Anyway. <laughs> I did like the darker tone, though. At first, I, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but I, I liked it overall. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, all the Zelda games kind of have a dark tone to them mm-hmm. a little bit at least um so yeah the final boss i will say of this game is so much better than breath of the wild like okay way better one of my favorite boss fights in any zelda game yeah i know how it ends so oh. <laughs> don't spoil I don't, it i don't believe in spoilers so i don't okay. care if i get spoiled <laughs> i'm looking forward to that when i beat it in i don't know three months yeah me too uh, if i ever get there who yeah. knows <laughs> You can do it. It's not terribly difficult. I really I really want to because I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't beat Breath of the Wild. And I will go back at some point in time and do it. But I really want to stick it out for this game because I just get 
yeah, I just get caught up and I get frustrated. And then I'm like, all right, well, I need, I just need a break. And then it turns into years. And then I'm like, well, I forgot how to play the game now. And <laughs> you have to relearn like the mechanics. And I normally am a PlayStation player uh, aside from switch so the buttons are backwards and you know it's just yeah that was one of my major gripes with this game like nintendo always does things differently which is like so frustrating like the every other game the jump button is it is one button it's the bottom button but zelda or nintendo wants to flip everything it's the top button now and it's like the attack button is this in every single game nope now it's this and it's just like it took me like hours to get used to like thinking in nintendo mode and uh, that can was you really not f- remap the buttons? No, no. Oh. And then the other thing they that frustrated the <laughs> other thing the other frustration I had with this game is that your inventory in this game is unwieldy. There's too much stuff to pick up. Like you were saying, you can attach things to your bow to like mm-hmm. shoot out like, attachments. That. Yeah. If by the end of the game you have hundreds of ingredients that you're carrying on your person, so you, if you're trying to find like. All right, I know this enemy is weak to lightning, so I need to find my like lightning attachment to this arrow. You have to scroll for like minutes to find. Mm-hmm. You can sort them, but that saves you. Okay, that saves you a minute of sort of searching. It's ridiculous how much stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, like the more buddies you get, your sages, they just they, get in your way. They do very much get in your way. It's oh, really? so oh, all really? the time. I wish they just mapped yeah. like their abilities to a button on the controller. And there are some that are like useful very useful in very particular situations and then you try to use them in other ways that you think will be good and like one of them can like blow up rocks but if you blow up a rock with him it he and there's treasure he blows the treasure all over the place (laughs) and then you have to go searching and there's another one who will blow the treasure away it's like well now i have to go and find where he blew that too because i accidentally activated him because he was standing too close to me in a game that is like otherwise so polished, those things really stand out. Especially because, like, there have been games like Elden Ring or like all these big games that have come out since Breath of the Wild, like in this in between time, that have just been like perfect, pretty much. You know, like in terms of like the UI and the buttons and like everything is just like perfect. It, it, it's bewildering that Nintendo would just ignore all of that and just be like, nope, we're gonna do. Or crazy Nintendo thing again. <laughs> but they're like, but you're here for it, and we know you're here for it, yeah, because that's... you spent $2.1 billion on this. <laughs> but it is, and I think I think if I ever need a good laugh, I usually will go like try and play like a PlayStation game directly after playing like Breath of the Wild, and then I just kill myself all the time, because I'm like thinking I'm hitting the jump button, but I'm not, and then I'm like not, you know, just right. falling off of stuff. And... You create a double problem. Yeah. Even between games, like between playing like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and then Breath of the Wild there was, I'm like oh, I'm playing the same game right and I'll hit a button expecting something to happen and it's like well that's not what I expected yeah. to happen any other any final thoughts I have a couple of questions for everybody okay uh, is the fusing ability now a core part of Zelda do you think they can make a Zelda game now without this fuse ability or is it just too popular I hope so yeah. I don't love it actually I I think it, like, it's a nice puzzle mechanic, but, like, I think a lot of the game expects you to do that in other places, and, like, I like to hoard supplies, so, like, I'm not going to use a fan to make, like, 
a hover bike mm-hmm. all the time because I don't have that many fans and I got to save them for when I need the fans. And there are parts where, like, you have to do that. You have to be able to work with these mechanics. And if your brain doesn't think that way, it's not fun. It would be sad to see them go back to that well again. Like, they're the, one of the big things with Zelda games is that there's usually some sort of action thing that you can do that defines the game. And, you know, Ocarina of Time was using your ocarina to just make things happen and they, each of them had like a different component so if they did that that would kind of be a bummer because then that'd be like that's not the creativity that you usually would get so hopefully this is like a one and done i really like it but i would also like to see it not come back just do something different yeah i agree with that i i do enjoy it i like the absurdity of it sometimes like you oh can, yeah that you can fuse like a claymore to a claymore and then it's like claymore claymore and i'm like but why why that when i fuse a rock to it it says rock hammer but if i use a claymore to a claymore it's just a claymore claymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there the silliness component i love that Mm -hmm. and that is something i think that again that's like another kind of through line with zelda is it's got kind of a dark tone but then there's the silly i love the dialogue in zelda games because these are Japanese games, but the localization that they do when they're translating it is the best localization I've ever seen in video games. And they're always just, the humor is very contemporary in each of these games. And it's just amazing how well they translate over and just, yeah. Does the silly You forget it's not say. an American game. Right. Because it's, it's so, like, so well done. there's so many witticisms where you're like, they must have hired writers to like yeah. rework the game in English because none of this is cannot be one-to-one translations because they're making like English puns. Right, exactly. You know? It's yeah. <laughs> so that's that's one thing I think will be back. That that that's that's like a definitely a core component of Zelda. Um a lot of my other questions I, I think we've already answered already. Um what do you think of the temples so far? So one of the famous things about Zelda were its dungeons. That that was like a staple of the Zelda games pretty much up until this game. The mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild had sort of dungeons. I would say they're more dungeon-like than in this game. In this game, we have they have temples, they call them, which are like the replacements for dungeons. So the, the classic Zelda dungeon was took many, many, many hours to complete. It had many puzzles involved and... It usually involved getting a new ability that would help you solve those puzzles and something. In this game, the temples kind of felt like just bigger shrines to me. Does anyone like Well, the- I think because the, they're a larger piece now, it's not just the temple that's part of the whole thing. It's also the pieces that lead up to it because mm-hmm. there's always like you start, you're like, oh, well, I'll just go to this area and talk to this person and then we'll just go to the temple. But no, you have to solve like three other things to get there like for the first one when you're going up to the wind temple like the whole thing of navigating the sky islands up there is part of the temple i wasn't temple. sure if that was even i was like Am yeah I in and the then temple right and then now? when you're like in the temple it's small and there's like right. little puzzles in there but like you had to like yes. get all the, journey the way up there is a big yeah part of the whole thing it yeah. took me like an hour or two to get up there that's the only one that i've done that's the only one I've done. And again, too. I've only I've played only I've played forty something hours of this game, and that's the only one that I've done out of out of the four. Um, so I'll let you know. <laughs> I play more. 
I think out of all of them, the fire temple was my favorite. I think that had the best puzzle mechanics. I heard that one was very difficult. Maybe that's why I liked it. The other, it just felt like I was going through a checklist. All the other temples, like, and I didn't feel like I was using my brain for most of this game, because because you can kind of like force your way through puzzles because mm-hmm. you have so many options. Like, you don't have to like stop and think really. It's just like, well, I'm just gonna keep doing this first thought I have until it works. That's what I felt like a lot of the puzzles were like in this game. Yeah. I don't know. Any other closing thoughts? Um, I have like a random story that's kind of funny. So I went on vacation a couple weeks ago and uh we were flying back on the plane and it was we were in like a three-person row me and my husband so we were like i wonder who our neighbor's gonna be so it ends up uh being this person who immediately pulls out their switch and starts playing tears of the kingdom and then my husband brought his switch with him and was playing tears of the kingdom on the plane and then i was the schmuck that did not bring mine so i'm like the odd person out just without my switch not playing tears of the kingdom and then eventually we all got into like a huge conversation about it but they were like the girl was like um you just have different priorities and i was like well, it was also like two in the morning when we were like grabbing all of our stuff. And of course, I was not packed. So I'm like throwing everything. And yeah, I guess it is my priorities at the end of the day. No matter how many excuses I make, I did not grab the switch first. But um, way to go, Morgan. Yeah. So there was a switch party on the plane in my row that I was not a part of. <laughs> but she did say that the she said that the uh, fire temple was the hardest for her. Oh, OK, but I, I don't know yet. I'll let you know. It was fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, All right, so let's take another break, and we'll wrap up the episode with... uh, I have a very short, quick game to play, all right? And then we'll wrap up this episode. All right, be right back. Okay, we are back. So I wouldn't even call this a conversation, but I've been pestering Christina with this topic for a couple of weeks now. I've just been obsessed with, like, game genres, like how do you classify games, and Christina's just been entertaining, I guess. I, My, I had an entire breakdown about it. Yeah, I've just been really making you rethink the world, I yeah. think. Yeah, just really chipping away at you. So I've come up with the ABCs of game genres. I have dozens of game genres here in alphabetical order. So here, the game is we're going to take your initials and break that down into three game genres, and we're going to come up with a game for each of our initials. Like an existing game or a new game? A new game can be an existing game if you want. Shall I go first as an example? Yeah, please. Okay, so my initials are A-R-C. So for A, I, I chose an adventure game. For R, I chose a rhythm game. And for C, I chose a CRPG, a computer role-playing game. So I need to come up with an adventure, rhythm, computer role-playing game. So here's what I come up with. A CRPG is sort of like Baldur's Gate, if that kind of puts it into perspective. It's like an isometric computer game. So I'm thinking it's an adventure game set in a big world. Uh, It's a role-playing game, but you are a band on tour. And instead of doing battles, you have to play a rhythm game to play like gigs. And you get experience based on how you do at your venues and everything, and you can unlock like harder songs and stuff, and which gives you playing at bigger venues. Uh, Guitar Hero vibes, yeah, Very light. definitely, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like what I, I guess you can call it Road Warrior. That's my working title for oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? That's the, that's a an, bard. 
Ooh, the Bard. <laughs> I think there is a game called Bard already, yeah, but... Yeah, I think so, too. This one will be better or than like that game. like Bard's Tale. Better than Bard. <laughs> better than Bard. Uh, so that's my Adventure Rhythm CRPG. Is anyone yeah. feeling adventurous? I already came up with mine also, so maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I'll go to break it up since I have no idea yeah, what I'm Morgan. doing. Okay. So Morgan, you're what? What are your initials? Uh, M-E-T. M-E-T. So do, would you like some examples of genres? I have a huge list here. Yes, because I, I cannot think of M. Okay, so M, you got a couple to choose from. MMO, Massive Multiplayer oh, yeah, okay. Online World Game. Warcraft. Yeah. Metroidvania. Or a monster tamer. Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with MMO. Okay, MMO. And when you're a middle initial? E. E. Okay, I've got a couple uh, here. So, like, ephemeral is one? or well, That's interesting. I had educational that, game. That oh, educational <laughs> like, game. Edu- uh, an endless runner, so you could do your temple run. Oh, God. Uh, exploration or exercise game. And okay. Then you're doing... Sorry, I shouldn't have said your last name. T, right? That's okay. All right, so here, everyone knows my true identity. Here is uh, I'll bleep it out. Here is your T's: turn-based strategy game, trivia game, tower defense, text-based, tactical, or typing game. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna do an an MMO that is endless. With MMO. yeah, with trivia questions. The trivia questions. Okay, what does that look like? Ooh. Hold on, I gotta. Mm. Does anyone have an eight? I guess like the battle system could just be like an endless stream of trivia questions, and whoever yeah, can't then... answer one, <laughs> or you can get like combos by getting multiple ones right. I guess yes, and probably similar ends. to like the murder trivia party in Jackbox. Oh, yeah. I love that game. Yeah, combined with like Mist. <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't end. Um, yeah, maybe I'll do... Hmm. MMOs and trivia. That's that's not a genre I've seen mashed up before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, like, do the trivia battles. Like, it's a giant, like, battle against something. It's all trivia questions. And then you'd be, like, synced up with people that you have no idea who they are. Yeah. So then you have to work with people you don't know to... Or different All agree on a trivia answer, or at least majority yeah, rules. Or uh, each region of the map could be like a separate category. So like yeah. you could have like the history area of the map, or like the science and the pop culture. So All right, maybe I like we'll it. do a... No, the one that I think of is so lame, World of Trivia. That's so dumb. Hey, that'll sell copies. That's right to the point. Maybe wow. we'll do Trivia Escapes. Trivia Escapes, I like it. Okay. All right, Christina, do you want to go next? Sure. So my initials are KMF, and I didn't care about Alex's subgenres at all. <laughs> so I did Kaiju Magic Final Fantasy, Ooh. which is actually just Final Fantasy 16, if you've played. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which we'll talk about in another yes, episode. Yes, we'll talk about we can't get into a little later. Right <laughs> all right, so that was a, a KMF, a Kaiju Magic Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. clone? Yep. Okay, I like it. Short, right to the point. Tim, are you ready? Uh, yeah, so my initials are TJS. Good luck with the J. Oh, I got one. All right, so... Uh, T- JRPG? There we go. That's what that, that was. All right, <laughs> what, what about the T part? T? Yeah. You want your... Okay, so turn-based strategy game. Okay. So it could be like a civilization. Trivia. Tower defense. Text-based game. Okay. Tactical or a typing game. Yeah. Okay. J? 
J I had JRPG and that's it. <laughs> so it's got to be a JRPG. It's got to be a JRPG. All right. And S. Okay. S, you have a couple good options here. Strategy, a sim, so you can take that any way you want. Stealth, survival, or social deduction. All right. So I think I'm going to do a typing uh, in a corner, JRPG right? stealth game. Awesome. <laughs> so the typing part would be like um, this is this is for your your typing on your Mac uh, from 1995 or something like that, and you're so you're just learning you know the basics of typing, but it's in Japanese. And you have to learn Japanese at the same time. Oh, and it's a fantasy, it's a fantasy game, so it's taking place in like a let's say like a steampunk type of location. And what was the S again? And stealth. stealth. So yeah, it's JRPG, but you're really um you are a ninja. And, do you have and, to like type quietly? Yes, you do. <laughs> of course. So your parents don't hear when you're on and, the computer and, and in the middle of the night. And you're also typing for speed, too. So you're typing quietly and very fast. This might be a good mobile game, because so I know Japanese characters you can draw. No, so. but this is from 1996. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're on a loud, clackety Mac. Uh, you and Morgan both played this game on hard mode, and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the name of it? Oh, Lord. Um, I don't know. That's... That's typing ninja. Typing ninja. <laughs> Silent type. I always love fruit ninja, so typing ninja. Yeah. yeah or or the silent type. <laughs> the silent type. Oh my god, Alex, that is actually perfect. That wins. Well, I didn't add a the in front of it. That's but the, the, the okay, silent I threw type. a the in there because the it, it's like type. bam. Yeah, I yeah. love it. A little bit of bam in there. Yeah. All right, that's my game. <laughs> <laughs> that's a winner. We could do the entire staff now if you want. <laughs> no. All right, that's all I got. Okay. So thanks, gamers. I'll see you out there on the uh, leaderboards. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>